0: Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing in the room today? Everybody good? I want to say a big good morning to all of you who are worshiping with us online and those of you who are in the garage outside or in the Fresca tent, welcome as well. Give it up for all those guys, would you here in the room? Thank you guys so much for joining us today. My name is Danny Rivers, and I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint. And if you're a guest with us today, thank you so very much. As as Andy just said, you could be doing anything, but the fact that you're here uh, just means so very much to us. So thank you for joining us today. Um, Two things before I jump in. Last Saturday, not yesterday, but last Saturday. We had our inaugural IMA's uh, Home 5K run. Uh, Kevin Steele and his team uh, and, and all of those amazing volunteers that showed up did such a fantastic job. If you weren't able to make it, you would have been proud. Uh, I think we had 220 or 30 runners or walkers. Come on, somebody, walkers in the room. And, and the great news is that after the expenses of putting the thing on, I think we're get, it's a little over $20,000 we're getting to take with us uh, to IMA's Home. In addition to the 50 or 60 thousand dollars that we just give every year there, so what a what a blessing it is. So thank you guys. On that note, uh, there's a team. My fa- my wife and I, my daughter, and, uh, we're all take- There's a team of us going today, this evening. We're going to Ima's home. We're flying to the Philippines. Flying to L.A. today. Flying to the Philippines tomorrow. 15 hour flight tomorrow, y'all. One one 15 hour flight in a hollow metal tube. Come on, everybody, over the ocean. Pray for your brother and your sisters and all of the folks going and everybody else on that thing, too. Uh, it, it's, all, it's, all, it's a long flight. And uh, we're going to go over there and we have 120 kids. If you're new here, we have 120 kids that we take care of um, along with a couple of other churches. Uh, and, and they're the most beautiful kids, man. They're the most beautiful kids. And I thank you for um, your support there. So pray for us as we leave. <clears throat> we're starting a brand new series today. Um, called We Are the Church, as you just saw there. And it's really much more than a teaching series because we're launching a brand new initiative to take some next steps as a church. Um, we're, what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks is just describing what church is, why church matters, um, who, who who's the church for, and why the church exists. And then, And then for us as a local church, talking about some we're gonna give you some big news today and tell you what we're dreaming about for the future. When when you think about the word church, it can uh, uh, elicit many different kinds of responses depending on your own experiences for some people. You know, when they think about the church, it brings up feelings of joy because their lives have been changed or they got married at a church or whatever. Like David the psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go to the house of the Lord, right? Because so many good things happen. But for some people, there may be uh, hurt, right? There may be pain uh, associated with church. Something happened at church, something happened in the past at church. And a lot of people have painful church uh, stories. There, people, some people have indifference around church, like it's just a thing, it doesn't really matter you know some people have pain um or 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 anger associated with church because of of people that harmed them or hurt their feelings or or whatever the case was and 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 it's been true in the past several years uh and it's kind of ramping up even right now that that it's become a sport for christians not even for for people who don't know jesus but for people who do know jesus it's become a sport um to beat up on the church, to beat up on um, ministry people, um, and, and in some cases, deservedly so. But I want to say this, that at its core, the church is God's idea. People are like, oh, no, church is just a man-made construct. Absolutely Not if you read the New Testament. N- if you read the same New Testament that I read, the church is God's idea. Do, do men and women get it perfect? No. We do not. I do not, right? But the church is God's idea, and it's not a man-made construct. And not only was it God's idea, but the reason he created the church was for people to glorify him and to come to know him. In fact, when you find churches where the people are engaged, they are energized, where where, where somebody said the church has left the building, right? In other words, it's not just a bunch of people in a room, but we go outside the walls, we use our gifts, we use our talents, we use our energy, we use our resources, we use our skill sets. The, 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 when that happens, the church is the hope of the world. Jesus operates in many ways through his church. That's how he does it, right? So, so let's just get at the heart of church for a minute. We're on a series about church. The word church comes from a Greek word in the New Testament, and the word is ekklesia. Let's say it together. Ready? Ekklesia. You spoke a Greek word today, all right? It's the only one I know. Come on, somebody, right? Uh, That and feta. Feta cheese. I know that Greek word. It's a beautiful goat's milk cheese. Come on, somebody. Tangy, delicious, right? Um, ecclesia. It, it, it literally translates as a called out assembly or, or a congregation. Like I love the word because it means that church is not really a place. It's a people. It's a group of people. So church isn't really about a where or a what. It's about a who. And you and I, if you are a follower of Jesus... You and I are called to be the church. We are the church, which is both amazing and terrifying because how many of you all know yourselves, right? And you're like, I got to be the church? Oh, that's going to be bad for everybody else. Come on, somebody. Anybody? Okay, just me. All right. And, and the purpose of the church is manifold. We're, we're going we're to unpack it over the next few weeks. But, but, but at the heart of it, um, and I, I don't mean this church, I mean the church, right? This is a local expression, but I'm talking about the church, the capital C church. It's kind of threefold. The first thing that we find from the scriptures that the church is the purpose is that it's a gathering of people expressly for the purpose of worshiping our God. Like, like, like buildings can't worship, people do, right? right? People worship God to give glory to God. And Paul says in Ephesians three, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, which is incredible, more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be, say this with me, to him be glory where? In the church, right? The notion is that God gets glory from the church. That's why at almost any gathering that we have here, whether it's a, like a service like this or it's just a gathering, a small group gathering, almost every time we open up with songs of praise and worship, Number one, because the Bible says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, enter into his courts with praise. So we believe that if we're having a if we're having a gathering of almost any kind, we're gonna start it with a worship song. And it's not like a little mini concert to get us awake and, and fresh. No, no, no. It's an it's it's a worship unto our God. An anthem of praise unto our God, who alone is, who alone is worthy of our worship, our worship. Right? Our, our lives are the very invention of God. We are created by God. We are created for God and we are at our best when we are giving honor and praise and glory to him both as individual people but as an ecclesia as a gathering of people who are called out of uh, 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 out of darkness, the Bible says, into his marvelous light, we're called out. And so this is why the Psalmist says in Psalm 34, he says, oh, say it with me, oh, magnify the Lord with me. And then look at this, and let us exalt his name together. Right that's the point that when you and I come together and we exalt or we magnify, we amplify the, the the name of Jesus in our worship. See, I can't make god I can't magnify God like I can't make him bigger than he already is, but what I can do is I can magnify him in my own. from my own frame of reference. Like when I sing a song of worship and I magnify the Lord in a song or in praise or in clapping my hands, I'm making him bigger in my own eyes. And what that does is it tends to make the problems that I'm facing, the challenges that I'm facing, it tends to make them look smaller. As he gets larger in my frame of reference, my problems get smaller. They do, they just do. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, they do. It's not that they cease to exist, it's just that I realize compared to God, they're not that big of a deal. They may be a really big deal to me, but compared to Him, that's why we magnify the Lord. And and there's real power when I worship God by myself, because I do, but I think there's an even greater degree of power when we magnify the Lord and we exalt Him together. Amen, somebody. That's what we do. And, And... the church is though, it's not just a ministry of, of, uh, to God, to, to worship God. It's also a ministry to, to, to the believers who gather in the room, in the tent, in the garage, online, however, wherever you gather, it's a ministry to you, right? So when one of our pastors is preaching, um, like I'm doing right now, as we are proclaiming the truth of God's words to the hearts and the ears of people, the Bible says there is a power that gets released, not, not through my words, but through the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Right? And, and the preaching of God's word, there's a power associated. And, and so 1 Corinthians, Paul says that the message of the cross is foolishness to those who, are, who don't get it. They're perishing, right? But, but to us who are being saved, it is, the, it is the power, the message, the preached word of the cross. It, it sounds like foolishness to people who don't, who, who don't even know they're perishing. But to those of us who are being saved, it's the power of God. For since in the wisdom of God, the world th- through its own wisdom did not know him, God was pleased. Say it with me. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached or the foolishness of preaching to save those who believe, right? I know it may sound self-serving for me to say this, um, or it may sound crazy or foolish, but proclaiming God's word is one of the most important jobs on the planet because the Bible says this is how people are going to hear God's word and they're going to be saved, right? And most often, God can save people in their homes, in the coffee shops, in, in, in the car, in the drive-thru at McDonald's, right? Because you need to because it's going to take you out after you eat it, right? Come on, but I like it anyways. Can I get a witness from somebody? Right? But God can do it anyways, but he does it. Most often, from my own experience, he he does it through the church when the word of God gets preached. And and so this is how big of a deal the church is. Paul says in in, in Ephesians 3, his intent, God's intent was that now, say this with me, now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. So not only do we preach the manifold wisdom of God from the scriptures to, to the people in the room, but, but in the cosmic realm, like the, the, the enemy hears this, the angels hear this, the preached word of God is us delivering the manifold wisdom of God. And, and so church is important because it's one of the many ways that God reveals himself to people who don't know him. And here's what I love about how God uses preaching um, in the church to speak to people. We are all, All of you here, all of you out there, right, we are all in different parts of our journey of faith. Some of you are new to faith. Some of you have been living for Jesus a long time. Some of you are not even sure there is a God. By the way, you're totally 100% welcome. We love having you here. If you don't know God or you don't believe in him, man, I think this is an amazing place to start, finding out about him, right? We're all in different stages, but not only that, we're all having different experiences right now. Some of you are in real pain right now. Relational pain, financial pain, uh, health pain, like like relation, like children pain, right? Whatever it is. Some of you are having your best week ever. You're like, pinch me. It can't be real. But we're all on different places in, in our journey. We're all experiencing different things. But, but as we preach, even if what we're saying doesn't necessarily apply to you, God has a way of speaking to you anyway, right? Like I wonder here, and you don't have to raise your hand, but I wonder if anyone here has ever felt like when somebody was up here preaching, maybe at this church or some other church, that they were preaching directly to you, right? Like, they, like, like you're like, did you, did you call and tell this brother what's going on in my life right now? Like, like and, and I certainly have had this experience, That, but I wanna tell you, they didn't know what you were going through, God did. And, and somehow, as there were words coming out of their mouth, you may have tuned them out, but God was speaking heart to heart with you, spirit to spirit with you in a way that no human person, right, no person could ever do. And, and, and he made the message feel tailored specifically to you. That's the power of God's presence in the church. But the church isn't just for believers. When the church is doing things the right way, it becomes a ministry to the whole world. And it begins, everybody, in our communities, in our neighborhoods. And the way that that happens is that as you and I gather here on the weekend for church... What we do is we, we, we gather and then we leave and we scatter for the rest of the week. And ideally when we scatter, we're scattering um, to, to be the hands and the feet and the mouthpiece of Jesus in our schools and in our neighborhoods and in our coffee shops. So, so we, we get poured into on a Sunday uh, at church and then we go out and we pour out what God poured in. Paul says to his son in the gospel Timothy, he says, I'm already being poured out like a drink offering. Like he's like, hey, I've been filled up, but now I'm being poured out so that I'm I'm being the church at Starbucks. I'm being the church at work. I'm being the church in the coffee shop because we center our lives on Jesus. We, 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 We take his word and we apply it to our hearts. We apply it to our lives. We gather, we get strengthened, we get filled up, we get loved on, we get served, we get we get people help us park our cars we feel like t- taking care of. we 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 take in and we pour out and 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 the church is god's idea to reach the rest of the world right J- jesus is talking to his disciples one day and he says hey fellows wh- who do people say that i am and so they start going around like some say you're elijah some say you are john the baptist some you know some they go around the room some say you're you're the devil Right? And so he goes, Okay, well, how about you? By the way, this is what you have to reckon with as well. How about you? He says, Who do you say that I am? What about you? And Peter, ever brash and bold, says, You are the Christ, which means Messiah or anointed one. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says to him, Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Um, But my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. And then he says to Peter, But Peter, I tell you, on this rock, on the the confession that that Peter's made, which is that you are the Christ, the Son of God, on that confession, on that rock, I will build my church. Jesus said, Who's going to build this church? Like, He is. I will build my church. And the gates of hell or Hades, most translations say, shall not prevail against the church. And Jesus is saying that it's not men or women who build the church, it's Jesus who builds the church. And when Jesus builds the church, all of the pressures of culture and society and the adverse effects of our spiritual enemy will not prevail against the church of the living God. So I just got to tell you that because it, th- this building may crumble and fail and fall, but the people of God never will. Come on, because we are the church. Hey, life point, we are the church. And listen... We don't just go to church, we are the church, and all the forces that the enemy will use to defeat the church won't work out because we are the church. All right, so that's the foundation of the series, the last few minutes. I wanna describe to you now where we are. We are a local church, where we are as a church, and where God is leading us. This is kind of a vision type of, of service. If you've been here for a little while, um, if you've been going here for a little while, that you you know um, that we've been experiencing a lot of uh, growth and and forward movement, and sometimes it's been a little bit uncomfortable. Like we're like, where do we put anybody? Like we've had we thought about could we hang people like from the rafters? <laughs> like people who are really upper body strong, like just <laughs> let them dangle up there, right? Like, you guys okay up there? Like just doing pull-ups the whole time, the CrossFit people, right? Like, I'd be up there just kind of jamming a taco, you know, um, in my face. Anyways, um, God's been moving, man, and, and he's been moving in many ways. He's, he's literally healing marriages. He's, he's saving people's eternal souls. We've seen him heal people physically, like the restoring health. Um, he's creating community with people who were strangers and now they're friends uh, because they gr- gather in groups, He's helping people get freedom uh, from their yesterdays in, in August we did 21 days of prayer as we do every August and um, we we began to see God move we had revival nights the, the three Wednesdays in August the first three Wednesdays and From that, it was just like a catalyst moment that has kind of propelled us spiritually where we're experiencing things we've never seen before. There have been battles that we've had to fight, spiritual battles. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and uh, and forces of darkness, right? We felt that. We felt that. We felt obstacles and we've had hardships. And yet the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight, meaning we just say, God, I know the obstacles that are in our way, but we're just going to trust you with what's next. And we're going to ask you to give us what's next. And, and here's what I'm certain of. There is a kind of revival going on in our country. And, and if you don't know that word, revival is a churchy word, but it just means a kind of an awakening to the awareness of God. And, 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 and that's happening. We had been hearing of the demise of Christianity in America um, we've heard of churches in decline. We've seen entire denominations splitting and in decline. We've heard, we heard during COVID from many Christian leaders that we are witnessing the decimation of the faith as we had known it. We, we were told that people would never gather again on mass like we are here today again. And yet I've heard from friends of mine who pastor churches from the Northeast to the Northwest, uh, all over the places, we, we've heard uh, of, of places. I have friends in, in Portland and, and in Seattle two very difficult places to raise up Christian churches that they're experiencing moves of God like they've never before. Friends up in the Northeast, in in New York, and in Connecticut, and in Maine, um, they're like, bro, we don't know what to do with the people. Um, uh, People in Florida, and California, and the Midwest, and Canada, uh, uh, in places we thought that that Christianity was was losing ground, we keep hearing stories from my own friends who lead churches of of revival, and moves of God, and people getting saved, and, and baptized, and healed and set free and and more and more than ever before. And I'm so grateful because God's not just doing that around the world. He's doing it in our own city, everybody. I have friends all around us right here, pastors and leaders in churches who are saying, man, it's just unbelievable what what God is doing right now. And and we're experiencing uh, that here in our own church. And I'm so grateful that God's allowing us to be part of that. And I'm so grateful to the people who, who serve and who show up and who give and who pray, because you are the people who make this thing work. And, and, and so as I kind of wrap this up, there's a story in Luke's gospel where Jesus is describing the kingdom that he's bringing in up there down here. He says there's a wealthy man who gives a banquet. In another, in another um, book of the Bible, that, that same one is, is is a wedding banquet. But in this particular instance in Luke, it's just a banquet. And the wealthy guy says, go out and invite these people, the sort of upwardly mobile people of a society to come in to the party. And they do, and, and, and he, he invites them in, and they all give excuses about how they can't make it. He gets angry, and so he says, well, go, go. Here's what he says. He goes, go, go to the, 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 quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town, meaning just go right beyond where you are, and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. And then he says, sir, what you ordered has already been done. There's still room. And then the master told his servant, t- go, go go, to the roads, go, go beyond right here. And the country lanes and compel them, compel them to come in. So that my house will be, come on, say it. Will be full. Come on, at home, I didn't hear you. Come on, full, right? right. 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 Um, Jesus says that we invite people who are hurting and broken and spiritually poor, and spiritually lame, and, and blind. He says, bring him in. And for 15 years now, that's what this church has been around, about. We have said we will be a place where it's okay to not be okay. We have said we'll be a church where everybody's welcome, and nobody's perfect, but with Jesus, anything is possible. And people have come in who are who are spiritually poor, relationally poor. Like, listen to me. You can be rich in terms of houses and land and be poor relationally. You can be wealthy and successful and not know how to navigate being a parent. Come on, somebody. You can be rich in all sorts of ways and be poor in all sorts of ways. And so what, that's what we've been doing, but where our story deviates from Jesus's story is that the room is full, right? Which is why we have a tent. Come on, somebody. We have a tent. Like, this is 20,023, and we got a tent. <laughs> Thank you, people out there in the tent. We love you. Thank you so much for sitting out there. Thank you. Um, Back in... In August, I came up here and I was walking over to the office and I met, um, and I'm not going to use names today because I want to protect this, but I met a young man and um, he said, hey, can I tell you my story? And I was like, yes, I, we love stories. And he shared how he had, he's in the military and, and his job's hard and, and um, how it had affected his family life. and And we've heard that same story again and again and again. That 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 serving in the military is such an honorable thing, but it can be hard on families, and that their family was in a little bit of disarray, and there had been some real troubles, and that perhaps it was coming to the, it was coming to the end, and and um, he said, you know, it was kind of over. In fact, it was over, and he said, but for whatever reason, we heard that you guys were doing a marriage event. This was in February, and. And if I, have the, if I remember it correctly, he's like, so we decided, what if we went? And we had had some conversations in here because we had sold out, basically. We, had, we didn't have any more room. And, and so there was some debate about, are we going to keep making room? And I was like, uh, we're going to make room. We'll jam people in the rafters if we have to. And so it was a little bit of, it was a, little bit of a fun time to describe that. But we decided if anybody comes up, we're going to make room. And we had people sitting at tables, round tables. If you came to it, you remember. And they said they sat down at the table, um, and there were some cards there forcing people to interact with each other, whether they knew each other or not. And they said we, they realized fairly quickly that they weren't the only ones who were having hard times. And then our, our speakers got up, and they spoke, and they did an amazing job. And he said, we just said, what if we, what if we tried again? And they did. And this was many, many months later. And he um, was telling me how like, they started coming to our church right away, even though they, were, they had grown up in a different faith and it had caused some problems in their, their own family. And, and um, how their lives were being changed here. And, and then I got to meet the family um, several weeks after that. And there was three incredible children, just beautiful children. And I was thinking... What if we didn't make room? What if we had capped it? What if we'd said, no, nope, that's it, no more? And I was just thinking about how that could have been a very different story. And we've heard that same story in de- various ways over and over and over again. And what a powerful story of what happens when you make room. And so we've done everything we can, we know how to do to be solutions oriented. We changed times, we had a service, we put the tent out there, we bought more chairs. Um, we added the fourth gathering, and, and I want to say for all of you who've been willing to sit out in the in the lobby, and you chose to sit out there. Um, thank you, thank you for doing that. Thank you for making room. We we mathed this room to death, and we we added forty more chairs. We didn't know we could put forty more chairs in here, and um, we we just did it. And, and as you know, our city is booming, and here in the far west, we are seeing massive growth. And have uh, several years ago, I did some population data research, just trying to figure out what to do, um, and, and the, the, the data I read said that within a five-mile circle of life, if life points to the center, a five-mile circle around us, there's 350,000 people. That was several years ago. Um, so in a, a five-mile circle from here, 350,000 people makes that the eighth largest city in Texas, bigger than Laredo, Corpus Christi, McAllen, Lubbock, just to name a few Amarillo, bigger than all of those within five miles of here, um, what that tells me is that there 's a lot of people who who are out here who probably don 't know yet yet know jesus, and so it 's incumbent upon us to go and make room and because those people who don 't know Jesus and are headed for a crisis' of eternity keep me up at night and That despite our best efforts, we've had to consistently turn people away week after week after week because we have no more room. In fact, on Labor Day weekend, which is ostensibly supposed to be our second lowest crowd of the year, it always has been. In fact, we set a record. The biggest crowd we'd ever had outside of Easter was on Labor Day weekend. And since that time, we broke that record five weeks in a row. Um, And and on that particular day, we had families come in and check their kids in at Kids Point and then go back and there was no place to sit them and they would have to go back and get their kids out of Kids Point, six families on Labor Day weekend, and leave. Of course, the way that my brain works is like, what if those families were like this other family who really needed help, but we couldn't help them because we didn't have any more room. And very few things, as a pastor, very few things break our hearts more than that. And I want to say something here. We didn't set out, we never set out to build the next big church in San Antonio. That was never the goal. It's still not the goal. But what we don't want to do is get to a place where when God sends people who need help, we can't help them. Does that that sound right to you? Like, that we're not trying to build a mega church we love the size of this building because you can know people. You don't get lost. Um, so we love that. Uh, we were intentional about that. So so what are we going to do uh, to make room? Today I'm, we are launching an initiative called Make Room to take next steps. Two stories real quick. In December on Christmas Eve, um, my daughter and I had sang some songs. We did the candle lighting. I was over there. It was still really dark, and I heard this booming voice. Pastor Rivers, and I was like, ah, you know, because it was dark, and there was this lady that came, and she was, a, she was her first time here, it was her only time here, because she's not from here, she was visiting family, she told me, she goes, I have to come see a church that could reach my family, and so she said, hey, I don't know how you feel about this, but I, the Lord spoke to me to give a word to you, and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm about that life, like I know some people aren't, but I'm about that kind of life, I want to hear from God, come on, y'all, and she says, well, the Lord said that you're supposed to build something, right? Are you building something? And I said, Well, uh, the trustees and I are talking about something. We are, yeah. She said, She said the Lord said to tell you if you'll build it, He'll pay for it. And I was like, How? You know? Like, and she's like, I don't know that part. <laughs> okay. Um, but but I, I, I last on two weeks later. Take our team up to Dallas, church called Milestone Church, big conference. Um, The pastor calls a few of us out, other pastors. We go into this smaller room and he says, hey, the Lord said that some of you are about to build, you're supposed to build something. Don't build the small thing. Build the bigger thing you're thinking about. Which we were, our trustees were thinking, we'll build this thing and then we'll build this other thing later on. We'll add to it later on. And it was just like, no, 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 build the right thing. God will give it to you. He'll pay for it. If you'll put him first, he'll pay for it. And, of course, you guys know if you've been here how, how very much money goes out of this church to our missionaries, to our partners, our orphanages. Hundreds of thousands of dollars a year we give away. We had a new building designed in early 2022. It was a new auditorium. We're going to sit over there, 1,000 seats. And then the price tag came in. $11 million. We're like, oh, no. Well, no, we can't do that. You guys would be giving us plasma, right? Your blood, children. And come on. We 're like we that's not wise we we 're not going to come beat people up for the next ten years so we can build that, but what can we do? We prayed I think God gave us an idea, and the thing I think God said was, build something that will bless life point but will bless the community around you and so I want to show you the idea that that God gave us it's um i don 't believe it. there's another building that like this that exists on a church property we 're going to call it the hub um, do we have it? um yeah, there it is um it, it's a, it's going to be a campus on the campus. So if you think, well, that's weird. No, nope. uh, Rick Warren in Southern California had eight campuses on one piece of property. It's it's a wisdom. It's good stewardship. We got 350,000 people right here. Why would we go somewhere else and start a new campus down the road when we could start one right here? We can share resources. We can share teams. We can we don't have to stretch. Our, we don't have to send people. So we decided double down here. So this is a new building called the Hub, and keep keep going through there if you don't mind. I want to show you these. This is kind of showing you how 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 it would look. Um, like you can see how it connects to. The, it'd be right back here. Uh, we don't have to tear down our house, which is our offices, and keep going with that real quickly. I'm going to tell you about this building in just a second. Um, first of all, it looks really awesome. I think. Come on, we like we we think uh. We think, uh, we think um. Uh, these pictures are huge. So they're taking a minute. Um, that's the same, same one, I think. Um, but let me tell you about this building. Uh, can we get to the next one? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to put a coffee shop in it. Really, really cool coffee shop there in the lobby. Um, that's Pastor Andy right there. Um, <laughs> got his Chelsea boots on. Have, this is his wife, Rebecca. This is Maria. She's up here lurking over here. Um, there's me, right, coming in. We're looking for some tacos and Big Red. Um, this is, we're going to serve our community here during the week. Um, this is a 220-seat or so auditorium. Um and so instead of uh having people in tents and garages they'll have a what I think is a world class facility very flexible that's a 32 foot wide LED wall uh, 11 feet we're going to put a band in there live worship in there only the preaching will get will be pushed pushed over there but but more than this um behind, do we have the the floor plan of this do we have that that one um here it comes there it is um this is the floor plan um, we're gonna have two ki- two more kids classrooms here, because um, if you had no seats, you better have classrooms. But also for our dream team, we have a world class team that leads this church. Um, these are lockers because they're stashing their purses and their wallets and their backpacks like squirrels around the building. Uh, we'll feed people in there. Um, this is the the lobby. This is the elevator. This is the bathrooms. There's the coffee shop. There's some staircases there. This will be a mixed seating with chairs and couches and bar tops for people who like to take notes. We think that people will choose to go in there rather than come in here because the experience could just be even better over there. And that facility is going to be amazing. Um, But in this room... Students, young adults is going to happen. We're going to have Monday nights, every Monday night, there'll be young adults in there. There'll be students on Wednesday nights. I just, I had a picture in my mind of 200 students and 200 young adults every week coming through here, worshiping God. But but, but more than that, we are developing what I think is going to be a world-class leadership intensive for young adults to train them how to do what God's called them to do. And I believe that we're going to serve hundreds and hundreds of young adults um, during, the, during, the, during the fall and the spring semesters and, and send them out of here. Empty. We're going to hold them with empty hand, uh, open-handed. God, wherever you want to send them, missionaries, call, where you call them to the marketplace, whatever you do, we just want to get them ready. To, we want to prepare them for what God's preparing them for. And we're gonna do that in here. Uh, every summer we have 40 to 50 uh, students who go through our internships pr- program and we're doing it everywhere we can but we don't have the right place. This is the right place. Financial Peace University will happen in here. We had a hundred people go through Financial Peace University this spring. It'll happen in here, it was in this room. It's hard to m- manipulate this room. Um, we- we'll do our marriage events in here. We'll do our freedom conference in here. This is the perfect space um, and, and I got a lot more to tell you. I don't have the time to tell you. Can, can, you, can I show you the t- upstairs real quick? This is the part that I think is really a God thing. We are going to the second floor. I don't have pictures. I just have the floor plan. We are going to build a space all around us. You don't know this maybe, but we have church planters all around us, guys who have come into San Antonio to plant churches. I see them. I meet with them. I interact with them. Some of them I, we are coaching as a church. We sent a church out of here last September, a home church down the road. They had almost 200 people a couple of weeks ago. They were baptizing people. Like They came from our church. We sent them out. But none of them have offices. None of them have a place to meet. None of them have a place to counsel people. None of them have a place to have their staff meetings because they were like we were for 10 years. We were, we were meeting at Summer Moon or Starbucks or wherever they wouldn't kick us out. And God said, build something so they can go further faster. So this second floor isn't about us. It's about the kingdom. It's about, it's about the many counselors, Christian counselors who are trying to start practices who have come by saying, can we rent an office? And we say, we don't even have our own offices. We just have that little old house over there. But now we're going to have places for them. There are some of you in this room today who have, who have kingdom businesses. You're kingdom-minded, but you have a home business. And you realize working from home doesn't always work. Come on, somebody. Some people it does. A lot of people it doesn't. And so maybe for a day or a week or a month, you need, a, you need an office. But whatever it is, we, we, it, we got a photo video studio. we got a podcast studio. we got conference rooms. And this whole thing gets run by one person. It's Amazon lockers, P.O. boxes right here and we were thinking what if god would help us to be a, would bless us to be a blessing to the community around us what if kingdom activity happened here that had nothing to do with us? But what if churches that are young and planting could meet each other instead of seeing each other as the opposition, could see each other as brothers and sisters and work together? What if we, what if we, LifePoint, what if we could be a big brother to these guys to help them not to face the same hard battles and bump their heads against the walls like we did? What if we could help them go further faster? What if the kingdom of God could be enlarged across the west, far west side of San Antonio because we built something for, for that to happen? And so that's what we're doing here. And what's beautiful about it is although we did, we're not building this to make any kind of money, it will generate income, though. And what if it could do what God said through that lady? What if it could, he would pay for it through an idea he would drop in my brain? Because this thing, when it's working, even if it's working at half capacity, can pay for much, if not all, of the note for the thing. And be a huge blessing and a huge resource to many, many churches around here who don't have their own location. So that's what we're praying about. Last thing, and I'm way over time. <sighs> um, here's the ask. We are starting an initiative called Make Room today. If you're uncomfortable, don't be. Don't be uncomfortable. You're like, oh, we gotta get out our wallets. No, you don't. We're gonna take up the offering like we do every week, but that's all we're gonna do, okay? But here's the ask. Four weeks from today, November the 12th, um, we're going to receive what I hope will be the largest offering in our history to help get this ball rolling. Um, my ask to you is that you just simply pray about it. I'm not going to manipulate. I'm not hiring a company to help us think through this. We just, I felt like the Lord said, Danny, if you'll just stand up before the people and tell them what and why, let them respond however they decide to. So that's all I'm going to do no no manipulation no thermometer on the wall to tell you how we're doing if you carry up in church no heavy-handedness if you go here you know we don't do that anyways but let me tell you real quick last thing the building is going to cost between 3 million and 3 3.3 3 million we've already got contractors that have been in and given us bids now here's how it works if you've never built a commercial building you wouldn't know this because i didn't know this until we built this building like a bank will come in, we'll have to go to the bank. They've already come to us though. By the way, Frost Bank down the road, they begged to have a meeting with us. Two vice presidents came down. They walked through our building. They're from corporate. They, they walked through our building. They said, you have how many people going here? And I said, well, it's been like 17 to 1,800 every week, but we have about 2,500 people that go here. And they're like, in this building? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And, and they're like, and, and you wanna build a building that could make a little bit of money for itself? like, where do we sign up? Like, like listen, you don't know this because you don't lead a church. Churches have to go begging for money. But in this particular instance, at least one bank said, please give us a shot at this. Please give us a shot at this. Because they said, we're in the business of serving the community and we can tell that you are too. So the thing is, is. Let, you have to put a down payment on a house. We don't put a down payment, but we have, to, we have what's called soft costs. So we're, we're trying to raise $500,000 over the next, uh, towards the end of this year. And the reason is the architecture costs about $175,000. The engineering is going to be about $150,000. There are permitting, there's all, it's about $500,000 that it's going to cost before we can do one thing other than have these drawings that you see here. So, no pressure. On you, I feel pressure, but that's, that's what I signed up for. I'm saying pray about it. The Bible says that we should give whatever we've decided in our hearts to give. That's what it says in Corinthians, right? And so here's our goal. It's not a numerical goal. It is a little bit, but it's not so much as it is a participation goal. And the idea would be that just everybody who calls LifePoint home, and not everybody does, but everybody who does would say, I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do my best. And that's all I'm asking, that you just pray about with your family, what's our best? November the 12th, if that's the day. My family, um, my wife gets a bonus at the end of the year. We will give a, we, will, we will put a card in on November the 12th, but we won't give until probably late December because that's the way it works for us. My family, our family is gonna lead the way. I promise you, we're gonna lead the way. And um, if you can, if you're able to help, if you can't, no worries, just come and pray. Pray, pray that God would provide. It's God's church. And here's what we say around here, if it's God's will... It's God's bill. Can I get an amen? So, Lord, thanks. Thanks so much, God, for your provision, for your hand. Thanks for the church, God. It's the way you move, you act. It's the way you express yourself, according to Ephesians chapter 3, to the rest of the world. We thank you that we get to be a small part of the, the Capital C Church. Thank you for these people who give, who serve, who show up, who... who who pray. God, thank you for all of them. I'm just praying, God, that you would move in a a, a miraculous way, God, a way that blows all of our minds. I believe you can. I believe you will. God, we're gonna lead the way. Our family's gonna lead the way. We're gonna step up big time, Lord, and we're gonna do the very best we can. And Lord, we're just asking that other people would. And, And you said you would build your church, and we believe that. We hold on to that in Jesus' name. Amen.